Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to the book of Philippians. We're continuing where we left off a few weeks ago. We're in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. The Apostle Paul is with some other men of God and other people of God, and he's written this epistle. Epistle is a letter to the churches. An epistle is a letter to the churches, uh, according to Scripture here, and it's just powerful because he's talking about all kinds of stuff that still relates to us. How many of you know the Bible's still relevant? It's relevant forever, for all of eternity. There's nothing we can do to change that. And, you know, people say that, well, that's just an old-fashioned book, or I don't, I don't know about the Bible if it's even true. Well, people have to believe in something. It's amazing to me how quickly, come on, let's think about this, people will believe the news way over the Bible. I don't mean anybody here, but I've seen that this past year. 2020, they'll say, yeah, I know, but, you know, what they said on the news or whatever. Hey, come on, you've got to believe the Word. Someone say, believe. How about this? Someone say, I still believe. Yeah, say that again. Look me in the eye and say, I still believe. I believe you. I believe you, man. Let's start with verse 19. So this is an interesting text tonight because the Apostle Paul is talking about some different things, but you can just see God's word at work here. He's writing to the church there, the Philippian church. And look at this, verse 19. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Okay, so let's stay right there at the beginning of that. If the Lord Jesus is willing. You know, I like that phrase because so many times we do stuff on our own strength, our own merit. Have you ever done that? You're like, this has to work out because I want it to work out. You ever been there? I have. And growing up in the things of God, I knew there were things I knew that if I prayed for God's will, I knew he was going to change it just like that. I knew it. I was even scared to pray those prayers. Because I knew I was not in God's will. So you've got to remember, is it God's will? That's an important question as a believer. I believe everyone in the house, we're using that word believe a lot tonight. Are you catching that online? Believe, believe, believe. I believe that this house is full of true believers. And if you're true believers, then you're going to want God's will. Why do you want God's will? God's will is good and acceptable. And it yes, that's the... That's, that's the pinnacle. God's will is perfect. It's perfect. So if you're in God's will, you can't do wrong. And let me say something before I move on. I read this recently and it became a, a, a revelation to me. Think about this for a moment. God does not give us great success in areas so that we can get lazy later on and so it'll just make life easy. Have you ever thought about that? God doesn't give us great success to just make life easy. He gives you success to prepare you for the next battle. He gives you success to build your faith because there's always another test of your faith. The trying of our faith. It's always happening. Every day is a test of your faith. Talked about this on Sunday about action and reaction. How we respond to stuff. That is a test of our faith all the time. And I love how the Apostle Paul here says, If the Lord Jesus is willing... I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then, look at what he says. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you were getting along. They didn't have internet back then. You'd send messengers. And the interesting thing about the Roman Empire was for the first time in history, you had all of these 
many, many, many people groups surrounding the Mediterranean. All right? You had northern Africa down in, through Israel all the way into Syria and Turkey and all these places. Most of Europe, that belonged to the Roman Empire. You say, man, they were, they were a rough empire. Yeah, they were, but they also had roads connecting major cities. So God knew what he was doing. Jesus came to earth during the time that the Roman Empire was in power. And the apostles, following Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, they were able to take the gospel through roads. And the Roman army protected many roads. So there was transportation. There was a type of mail system in place. You could send messengers, for the most part, safely. I know there were still bandits in some places. But look at this. He says, I want to send Timothy to you. He can tell me how you're getting along. Look at verse 20. I have no one else like Timothy. Boy, this is a lesson in faithfulness here. I pray someday one of your leaders, one of your mentors, your Bible study leader, one of your pastors can say this about you. Maybe I'll be able to say this about you. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. That's interesting to me because the Apostle Paul is saying, this guy has my spirit on him. He cares about what I care about. You know, I miss it in a lot of areas. I, I still want to measure up to the fullness of Christ. God is working on me daily. There's little small areas in my life that God is dealing with. There's other areas God's dealing with. But I will tell you this. It's interesting over the years as my faith has grown, as I've gotten closer to da my dad, who happens to be my mentor, my teacher, and my pastor, I begin to care more about the things that he cares about. You say, oh, that's because he's your dad. How many people do you know that can work with their dad? It's God's hand of grace, not because we're great, that's for sure. There's been times we've bumped heads. It's just life. If we didn't disagree sometimes, it would be strange. But there's times I disagree and I go, no, I'm going to honor God and I'm going to honor my dad and this is the way we're going to go. That's my authority. And the longer I serve God and the longer I work with my dad, I begin to care more about the things that he cares about. He's not only my dad, but he's my spiritual father as well. So it's interesting that the Apostle Paul here is saying, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare, about your, your condition, about your situation, about what you're going through. Look at verse 21. This is the Apostle Paul writing here, and he says some strong stuff. He says, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. I don't know who all the others are. That's a very, very striking statement. What does it say next? But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Did you know you are called to prove yourself? Something, something about the newer and more recent generations is there's a, a general belief that says, no, you just got to believe me because I said so. You just got to trust me because I want the job. You got to pay me a lot because I'm here. You got to do this because I have an education. You got to do it. No, actually... Did you know everyone has to prove themselves? You even have to prove yourself in a marriage. You have to prove yourself. Do, but do you, you know how Timothy has proved himself. How do you prove yourself? Through faithfulness. Did you know Scripture says that those who are planted in the house of our Lord, they will flourish. We got into all kinds of planning this past spring. Spring of 2020. It was unique. I'd never done that much planting i like yard work i like mowing the lawn but planting I'm, i've seen plants die 
<laughs> I've helped plants die, probably. But my wife says, let's, let's make the yard beautiful. <clears throat> and we would transplant things and put them in pots and give them better soil. And it was so amazing to me. I know this has been going on since the Garden of Eden, right? Since God created the earth. But we would see things out in the desert in our backyard. They would grow and bloom and have flowers. And that may sound kind of simple to you, but I would just look at stuff and go, man, this is amazing how these things bloom here. If we put them in the right soil, we water them, give them the sunlight they need, they prosper and flourish. And that is what Timothy did. He proved himself. Why? Because he was planted and he was stable. Look at what the Apostle Paul goes on to say. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. We're all in this together. We share our faith together. We preach the good news together. I'm going to tell you right now, there's stuff going on in Washington, D.C. that would make the, the hair on your neck stand up. Crazy stuff that you would have never imagined seeing in America. Crazy stuff going on. People invading the Capitol building and all that. What? Somebody got shot in the Capitol building. Unbelievable. Your faith is more important than ever. Your faith is more important than ever. Not what you have physically, but what you have in here. It's more important than ever. Let's go on to the next verse. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. <laughs> Let's go on. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus. Please, one of you, name your child or grandchild Epaphroditus. I don't know what that word means, but wow, what a word. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother. Look at this. He's speaking about someone else now apart from Timothy. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. What high praise from the man of God. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. So this guy was a brother, a true brother, right? True part of the body of Christ, like you. A co-worker, a fellow soldier, and a messenger to help me in my need. Do you see all these words that describe faithfulness? You cannot be faithful unless you have faith. Let's keep moving there. I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you Look at this guy's heart. Look how kind this guy, this guy was. He's been lying to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone that you were concerned about their worry for you? I'm that way with my wife sometimes. I'm like, I need to let, I need to let her know everything's okay. I think of her first. We're close that way. It seems normal, right? If something's to happen, I, I need to let my wife know everything's okay with me. I don't want her to worry about me. That's what he was doing here. The people of God, the Philippians, he wanted them to know. He was distressed that they heard that he had gotten sick. How interesting, huh? He was the one who was sick, but he was concerned about them. That's real love. All right, let's go on. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him. And look at what the Apostle Paul says here. And also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. You know how it is? Have you ever been in a season in your life, you're like, wow, one more thing? 
one more? I can't do this today. The Apostle Paul was just as human as us. He's writing about it. He said, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. He'd been through a lot of stuff. Did you know that the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked more than once? Did you know that he was beaten? Did you know that he was locked in jail? Did you know that he was stoned one time and left for dead? Did you know one time he survived a shipwreck and he arrives on the island and they're making a fire, I would assume near in view of the ocean, I've always imagined it right on the beach there, and a poisonous snake jumped out of the wood and fastened itself to his hand, and the people, the locals who saw it happen, this says this in the book of Acts, they saw it happen, and they went, oh man, this guy must be cursed or something, because he survived the ocean and now, now the, the poisonous snake got him. They knew it was a poisonous snake, right? If you had someone else show up from Indonesia or something here and a rattler bit him, we'd be all going, wow, they're, they're in trouble. We know what rattlers do. Well, the locals of that island, they knew what that poisonous snake would do. You know what the Apostle Paul did? He just survived a shipwreck, and a snake bites him. He just shook it off into the fire. And then they looked at him, and they said, wait, he's not cursed. He's some kind of a god. But that wasn't it. He was just a man of God. Been, he'd gone through so many things. Don't you ever for a minute decide, you know what, I'm going to quit because I've been through some stuff. Your faith wouldn't be worth it if you didn't go through things. What's faith for? It's to get you through stuff. Those, scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. That's the one who lives and practices in sin. But then Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. But he also said, you know, but be encouraged, I've overcome the world. So you're going to go through stuff. I would rather go through stuff with God on my side. He is for you. He is with you. And once you've accepted Jesus, he lives inside of you. Okay? So let's move on to the next verse there. Here's what he says. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you. He's talking about whom? Epaphroditus. To send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. <laughs> Christians, just these believers, just concerned about each other. Look at what he says. Welcome him what? Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy. I want to linger on this verse for a while. And give him the honor that people like him deserve. Did you know faithfulness brings honor? Faithfulness brings honor. You work at a job and you're faithful, it brings honor. I was with a guy today in, uh, in Lovington. I went to go visit the Lovington Courthouse because there's a guy over there. He's actually the Lee County historian. We have a historian for Lee County. They created the position, I believe, uh, three years and a few couple months ago. And I asked him, I said, David, how long have you worked here? And he said, he said, 36 years. He said, oh yeah, I started in the county jail over here. And I've moved to different positions, but I've been here 36 years. That's worthy of respect. He said, oh yeah, well, th that's nothing. Really? That's impressive. That's faithfulness. And he told me, he said, oh yeah, I just decided, you know, there were times where I'd, I'd have a supervisor that was just tough, because he seemed like a really easy guy to get along with. He said, but I just thought, I'm just going to outlast him. I'll just stay here longer than them. Wow. That's what you call faithfulness. 
look, this verse again. Let's stay here for a moment, still longer. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. Did you know those, Scripture says that those who labor among you are worthy of double honor. You say, oh, Pastor Matt, you're just saying that because you're a pastor. No, I mean anyone who labors and serves, not just pastors, not just worshipers. Yeah, worshipers, pastors, but also folks that are just volunteering and serving. You're worthy of double honor when you serve and labor. You're worthy of honor. Give him the honor that people like him deserve. That's powerful. Let's go on to the next one. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. (laughs) And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Risking your life for the work of Christ. That is something. Let's continue. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Is that important, do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this despair sets in sometimes for different reasons. Maybe you haven't had enough food to eat that day. I don't know. Or maybe you were just bummed out. Or maybe, something, maybe a real situation happened and you were really bothered. Or maybe it's been one thing after another. Or maybe you had a close relative or a close friend pass away. And that's, that's tough. That's tough. I feel, I feel your pain, man. I've been there. Some of you have really been there. You've lost loved ones. But whatever happens, I love this. My dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. How do you do that? That's called faith. So no matter what, I'm going to praise God. This verse really stands out to me tonight. And I have not focused on this verse before. I've read it I don't know how many times. But whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Keep praising God no matter what. Just keep praising Him. And he goes on to say, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Hold sure. Protect. Keep your faith intact. Keep your faith in place. Keep your faith where it needs to be. Keep your faith in God. How many of you know you cannot trust the government to take care of you? I hope Facebook doesn't censor this. This has not been verified. God bless y'all, man. You can't can't put your faith in the government. You can't. You pray for the government. You pray for the governing authorities. But you can't say, man, what about your job? You can put your faith in your job. No, none of these things are going to save you. You say, man, how about money? I got a bunch of money in the bank. Well, praise God. Use it for God's glory. You can't put your faith in that. There's a verse in Psalms that I'm reminded of. We used to sing it at church. I can still remember, yeah, my dad would lead worship sometimes. Dad has a good voice, but he, he, he doesn't have an understanding of tempo. He has a very nice, it's a rich voice, and he has vibrato and stuff. I'll never be able to sing like that. But I was always like, is dad speeding up too much? Dad was always like in a rush. And he'd say, let's sing it again. But there's a song that we would sing from the book of Psalms, and it's, said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You say, I don't have a chariot. You have a car. You say, I don't, 
I don't have I don't have any horses. You have a car. You have other things, and pe- you have a home. And people put their trust in some of these things. There's an old song we used to sing. It was called "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Why? He can't be shaken. He cannot be shaken. I'm going to share that verse. I believe it's, um, it's in Hebrews. I'm going to share that verse again sometime soon. I shared it in my Bible study last night. But all these things are shaking, but God has given us a kingdom that is unshakable. Everything will be shaken, I promise. We've already seen it this past year with local authorities and government. And now, look, now you got the federal government and it's shaking. And you, let me just say this, pardon my grammar but you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't be surprised with the next thing that happens. That's why you got to have your faith in God, not in the government. We don't know what's going to happen next. You say, man, Pastor Matt, are you preaching uncertainty? Oh, no, I'm preaching hope in God and faith. Because I know, I know with shifting sands and everything else that's going on and everything will be shaken, Scripture says, His kingdom is unshakable. God is unshakable. Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, he had a dream. And he had a dream of a statue, and it symbolized all these major nations, empires of the world. And they were empires that oppressed Israel. But later on in the dream, there was a, a, a huge boulder that was formed without human hands. Another symbol of Jesus. Remember the rock of our salvation. Building your house upon the rock said he saw a huge boulder that was, it was formed without human hands, so it had to be formed by God. And it bulldozed that statue. And those kingdoms were all destroyed. But then that stone, that boulder, became a mountain that filled the whole earth. What is that? That's Jesus in his kingdom. Perfect stability. How many of you like stability? Oh, you do. I do. You like having someone you can depend on. It's important in marriage, it's important in relationships, it's important at church, in the body of Christ, work, all kinds of stuff. But man, beyond all that, you need that with God. The one you can always depend on. No matter what, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Book of Jeremiah, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That is beautiful. Isaiah, he says, I will rescue you and care for you. I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. He says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it, what? To safeguard your faith. I I, I moved into chapter 3, verse 1, didn't I? Thank you. You put that in there, and that's great. I didn't realize that was Philippians 3, 1. I didn't mean to go that far. Are there any? That's great. Every verse is better than the last. Does anyone have any questions tonight? I know you don't. (laughs) <laughs> I just like to ask that to mess, mess with you. Here's the moral of the story, and here's the message of tonight. We re- we've been reading verse by verse now in this service now for a year. This today marks the one-year anniversary of us reading verse by verse on Wednesday nights and going through chapters and chapters verse by verse for a full year. What's the significance of that? Well, you can see things in its full context, You can see that God does not change. You can see that what God has said many thousands of years ago, it still relates to your situation. If you really take the time to read it and study it, think about it, man, just let God speak to you. You're going to see that God has all the answers. 
People say, well, I, no, I don't think he speaks specifically to my situation. You would be surprised. You've just got to get in the word. All right. And on that note, I'd like you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray tonight. We'll start over. We'll start again next week with Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. You know what? This is unique. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I feel like there's somebody here. There may be more than one. There's at least one. If you'll be honest with yourself, nobody else is looking but me. Recently, you feel like you've had your heart broken. You've been disappointed. I don't know if it was betrayal, but I, I'm kind of leaning that way. I feel that by the Spirit of God tonight. If that's you, you say, man, my heart has been broken. I've been disappointed. It left me in despair. If that was you, would you raise your hand, please? I want to pray with you. God bless you. Wow, more than one. More than one. God bless you. I, I had no idea. Only the Spirit of God would know that. Well, you, Here's what God wants me to tell you tonight. This is something simple, and I believe he repeats it in my heart often, so I want to repeat it to you. He's not done with you. There was a song we used to sing, or we used to listen to, is he didn't bring you this far out to let you drown. He didn't teach you to, tw to swim so that you would just sink. He's still with you. You know, people say, well, the Apostle Peter, he sunk in the water. Yeah, but have you ever heard any other stories of someone walking on the water with Jesus? Huh, and that's you. You may have some sinking moments. You may have some sinking feelings. And I know it's a real sinking feeling when you feel betrayed or hurt or you're just heartbroken or something didn't work out like you wanted it to. I've been there. But God's not done with you. The Lord, the same God who can raise the dead, He can raise your heart back to life. He can heal the disappointment. He can heal the brokenheartedness. He can heal your relationships. I want you to put your trust in Him tonight. Let's agree right now for that before we pray for anything else. Father, those that raise their hands tonight, with great courage, they've been disappointed or betrayed or upset. I speak healing over them. I speak new courage. I, I speak newfound life and restoration. I speak hope, God. Hope that says, you know what? I, I expect something great's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but it, it could happen. And then hope that leads to faith, and they say, yeah, you know what? It is going to happen. I believe God. Something great is going to happen. I know it. I see it. I believe it. Lord, I speak healing. I break every attack of the enemy, any spirits of heaviness. That would bring despair, and I loosen right now, God, the oil of gladness and the garment of praise. I break fear, and I loosen power, love, and a sound mind. I break lies in Jesus' name, and I loosen truth right now. I break hopelessness that ties into heaviness and despair, and I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God knows who you are, whether you raised your hand or not, and he's healing you now. It's getting better. You say, man, but what about the next test? What about the next trial, Pastor Matt? Yeah, it's on its way. That's just life. You're either finishing up a trial or you're in one or you're headed toward one. You cannot hide from that. People who try to hide from trials and discomfort, they find themselves in a whole world of hurt in a different way. You can't avoid pain in life. 
You can't. But let me tell you something. Scripture says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And Jesus told us in the word, he said, look, look at the flowers of the field. Look how beautiful they are. They don't worry. They don't do anything. In the, they're there. The Lord put them there. And he takes care of them. Same with the birds, the sparrows. He takes care of them. And we're worth more than the birds in his eyesight. If he takes care of the birds and gives them food, he's going to take care of you. Cast your cares on him. Is there anyone in the house or anyone online that says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I just need to get right with God? Whether you've never accepted Jesus or you say, I just need to recommit my life, would you raise your hand tonight and I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray as a family. Anyone in the house, anyone on Facebook Live, let's pray. If you need to pray this prayer, even if you don't, just pray. Let's all pray it as a family. Say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe. Let's say this again. Say, I still believe that Jesus is Lord. He died. He rose again for my sin. Say, thank you, Lord. I believe. Say, I'm saved. Say, I'm right with you, Lord. And I'm on my way to heaven. Say this, say, hell was not created for me. Hell was created for the devil. And say, I accept everything that you have to offer, Lord. I believe in Jesus' name. Let me pray one last thing. Father, tonight, may your word continue to soak in, be absorbed. I believe it's fallen on good ground and let it grow into something powerful and these lives represented here tonight. Thank you for the privilege and honor of speaking to your people on a Wednesday night. Thank you for your word, which is perfect. Thank you for your promises, which are true. Thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you cannot deny yourself. We thank you that you'll always keep your word. We trust you tonight, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.